gifts and goodness. And uh, of course, you know, I, I never worry about what goes on because God is in control. And so maybe there wasn't enough people looking. Maybe people were looking, but they weren't interested. I don't know. So God, maybe God said, don't do it. So, but anyway, we're here today. And we pray that you will hear something that's going to interest you and cause you to examine yourself. Um, because one of the things that uh, I like is, um, first, we, remember we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We've already spoke about love, joy, and peace. And if you can remember, if you were following us any kind of way, we spoke about long-suffering and we spoke about that subject for three whole weeks. Because I felt that that was a very important uh, fruit that we need to have in our lives to be developed. So today, we, uh, we're going to look at kindness and goodness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. The challenge we face when dealing with such well-known Bible verses is that it's easy to become overly familiar with such scripture. We heard so much about the fruit of the Spirit that we don't take the time to meditate upon them and consider what they really mean to us. And when we become overly familiar with them, they become less present in our lives. And that's a bad thing. We need the fruit of the Spirit. I, I know that's the reason why God sent me back here. Because this is something that needs to be preached consistently. Just like God said to Joshua, this book of the law, Joshua 1 and 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. It's the same way we should always concentrate on the fruit of the Spirit. We should look at, uh, uh, um, we should focus on, on uh, Galatians chapter 5, and we should start concentrating and memorize from verse 18 all the way to uh, verse 24. And why am I saying that? Because a lot of people are operating in the section that talks about adultery and fornication and, and uncleanness and lewdness and idolatry and sorcery and hatred and contention and jealousy and outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalry, and the likes of which I tell you. So what happened is this. Many of God's children are operating in those areas. And if you're operating in those areas, you are not operating in the fruit of the Spirit. So this is something that we need to learn. We need to have it in our spirit. We need to let the Word of God dwell in us richly so that we can memorize and remember these things. Because when you are having too much outburst of wrath, you need to check yourself. It definitely means you're not operating with the fruit of the Spirit. When you're dealing in dissension and um, ambitions, selfish ambitions, idolatry and sorcery and hatred and contention and uncleanness and adultery and fornication, do you know how many saints are going to be left behind if Jesus comes back right now because of adultery and fornication and outbursts of wrath and anger? And they're, they're going through these things, but they're not repenting because what has happened is their their spirit has become numb 
because there's no room for the fruit of the Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Long-suffering, when someone do something to you, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I, I, I'm bringing all of this up because I want you to understand that this is a part of the scripture that we, 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 we hear about it, but it has become so familiar to us, and so we don't pay no attention to it. So today I want, and I hope that when we're finished with this, that you will go back and read your Bible, look at this, search these things out. Don't just take my word for it, but search it out for yourself, because this is how you're going to retain some of what I'm saying. The so so the, the, the reality is that they are really beautiful when the fruit of the Spirit is present in our lives. It's incredible. It brings an incredible life-changing to us. When we are operating in the fruit of the Spirit, you will know. You will always be pleasant. You will always be smiling. You will have this, the joy of the Lord in your strength. You will walk in love. Yes, people are going to do you wrong. And even if you have to tell them off or whatever, but you are still going to forgive them and move on so that the fruit of the Spirit can... Because it's the Spirit of God. In other words... If you're operating with the Spirit of God, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So we need to make sure that we remove ourselves from being a sheep to a son. But until we learn the fruit of the Spirit and make it, make it so important in our lives, we will never attain to sonship. Amen? So... The, uh, so um, the Greek word, the, so with that in mind, it's freshly considered what the fruit of the Spirit are, and I say are because it's nine, and why they are so important. The Greek word for fruit is translated kapiokik, K-A-P-N-O-C, kapiokik usually means fruit in a sense of edible fruit and vegetable, but it can also be translated as offspring, you know, you, you, you offspring, a deed, an action, result, or profit. In an agrarian society, fruit is, go, is a good thing. It is the result of hard work. You know how people say about the fruit of your labor? That's what I'm talking about. So... Um, to, to, today we, we might use the word fruit in a phrase such as, as I just said, the fruit of your labor to communicate the results of your hard work. Amen. So we are seeing here where it's not just on a spiritual level, but it's across the board. You know, God's word is layers on top of layers on top of layers. I remember one time this, <laughs> this woman, um, she owed me some money and I said uh, you know the Bible said oh no man nothing but the love and she said well that's not what God is talking about I said well that's your opinion I said but I, I bring I open up the word of God I don't keep him in a box and I look and we got to look at it across the board why because when you don't pay your bills you're making God look bad that's right <laughs> so we see here as I was saying uh to communicate the results of our effort. Even if we don't harvest strawberries or apples, we can have fruit, something to show for our work or your paycheck. 
you know, or even like I said, um, you um, consummate with your husband and you have a baby. That's the fruit, amen. So it's it's, it's across the board. So e ever so often, believers need to make sure they are growing up spiritually. Believers need to understand that we cannot continue to be baby Christians. We need to grow up spiritually. Do you know how many people are in the kingdom? They've been saved for 30 and 40 and 50 years and they're still a baby Christian. They do not have spiritual maturity. It is so sad. It is so sad, but you know, that's between them and Jesus. So, um, we, um, perhaps it's, it's time for your fruit, <laughs> fruit inspection. It's time for fruit inspection. Have you checked your fruit out lately? So, use the following first development assistant. First development assistant, FDA. That's how you're going to inspect your fruit. To determine the condition of your spiritual fruit. Check the fruit you need the most nourishment to grow. Whatever fruit... Let me, let me say that again because I think I said that too quietly. There is certain fruit that you need more than others to bring you into spiritual maturity. You need love. You need long-suffering. You need to be faithful to God and to your brother man. You need to be kind. You need to be gentle. You need to walk in self-control. There's certain fruit out of the nine that you really need to bring you into spiritual maturity. So don't, don't forget, fruit development assess, assess, assessment, that's what I call FDA. So our fruit of the Spirit is one piece with many different characters. Let's say that again. Our fruit of the Spirit is one piece with many different characters, okay? Like you have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have your nine gifts, but and all of them have different characters. Like I said earlier, uh, as we started earlier, we talked about love, joy, and peace. And we also, we talked about the agape love. We talked about joy. Whether you're uh, going through a rough time or not, you're supposed to have the joy of the Lord because that's going to bring you strength. We talked about uh, peace. No matter what's going on around you, you're supposed to be walking in peace. It looks bad, but you still have the peace of God over you. Then we went to long-suffering. And long-suffering is one of the master fruit, as far as I'm concerned. And self-control is one of those master fruit. Love, long-suffering, and self-control. We all need to master those. And it's not something you do overnight. It's something that happens as we walk this walk and we find ourselves in certain predicament. But then when you can walk through it and know that the grace of God is over you, that's when you know that you have mastered that fruit. We may never master the fruit. Why? Because it's a cons we are living in a sin nature, in a sinful world, and we're going to run into problems consistently. But how you handle those problems... And God has given you a choice. 
you know you're going to run through that rope, that, that, that uh, loop over there, then begin to practice. Don't wait until two days before you start to run. No, you get your stuff in order. And this is the same thing where you learn. Some people, you got to love them, but you got to love them from afar because if they're constantly causing you problems, then you got to put them on the side. I didn't say stop loving them. Love them from afar. That's what I... So I, I, I'm just trying to share with you how God expects us to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. So, again, we're going to continue now from last week, and we're going to observe the word kindness and goodness. Amen? Kindness and goodness. Kindness, the Greek word for kindness is cherry, cheritos. Cheritos. C-H-E-R-E-S-T-O-T-E-S. Cheritos. Cheritotos. Conveying the meaning of moral goodness, integrity, usefulness, and benignity. In King James Version, the word is translated gentleness, which links to the meaning of gentleman or gentlewoman. Someone who behaves properly with moral integrity and kindness. And I want to give you the definition of benignity because it's a word that you don't hear very often. It says the definition means to be gracious. It is a noun. The quality of being kind and gentle. Benignity is spelled B-E-N-I-G-N-I-T-Y. Amen. So just wanted to share that with you because I want you to see. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter 2 and verse 4, I would like you to go there with me. Let's see what Paul talked about. Romans, chapter 4. It reminds us that, uh, let's see, Romans, chapter 2. Remember, this is Bible study, so we got to examine, see what the Word says. Amen. Look what Romans, chapter 2 and verse 4 says. Or do you despise the riches of His goodness? I'd like to read uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 3 before we get to 4. And do, do you think this, O man, who was judged, those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you dispose, or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So, what is Paul saying to us? Oh my God, what a powerful scripture. What happens here is this. We might see a person that is a heathen, unsaved, and God is blessing them. Like he blessed you and I before we got saved. When we were yet in our sins, he was still blessing us. And you do not understand why. How can God do that? Well, he said in the book of Matthew that he let the rain, I mean the sun, Rise on the just and the unjust. The rain waters the heathen lawn as well as the saint lawn. What, but what God is doing is this. Let me read this again, verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? After God has been so good to you, while you're just a wicked person and just evil and living how you want to live. 
But after, after a while, you begin to say, my God, this God is something else. I need to give my heart to him. His goodness leads you into repentance. Amen. And so that God, so that's why when you see your friend or someone that you know is not saved and you're wondering why is God blessing them, it's not Satan that's blessing them, it's God. But he's drawing them. He's drawing them. You know, the Bible says that your gifts will make room for you. God, Jesus went to the cross while we were yet sinners. While we were tore up, raggedy, drunk, doing all kinds of stuff. He didn't wait until you got well. He didn't wait until you got cleaned up. He went to the cross and he died for your sins and the sins of the whole world. Anyone that would call upon the name of Jesus. Why? So what? His gift, your gifts will make room for you. So now God has given his best gift to mankind. And now that's why we have so many people that name the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? The goodness of God. The goodness of God, the kindness of God. So we see, so it says here, so the Holy Spirit enables us to have moral integrity with kindness and not get trapped in self-righteousness and judgment. So we see here that what the, 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 the scripture is explaining to us is that what God wants is for you to see his goodness. He wants you to see how good and how kind he is. God is so good to his people. He is so kind to all of us. We don't deserve it, but that's who he is. Amen. So then we're going to look. It says, um, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness. And look at what Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 would say. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. And verse um, 13 says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if any has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So, so this is what Paul is trying to tell the Colossians, and he's telling us that we are the elect of God and he's trying to tell us that we must put on tender mercies kindness, humility meekness and be long suffering. Remember we're talking about the, the fruit of the spirit, amen and the fruit like I said they, it's one fruit but many different characteristics, amen, glory be to God and so now we're going to look at the characteristic of kindness again and goodness they are closely related. Together they present the picture of one who not only possesses moral kind, goodness, and integrity, but also generously expresses it in the way they act towards others. And basically, I just got through saying that in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. It's saying the same thing here because it's putting on different characteristics. Amen. This is goodness in action. It reflects God's kindness and goodness toward us. God demonstrated his kindness and goodness to us in our salvation. And let's look at what Titus 2, uh, I'm sorry, Titus 3 and 14 says. Titus 3 and 14. Let's look at that. Titus 
is right after Timothy. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared, so I, I will read verse 3. It says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. And that's what we were talking about earlier when we first started. Galatians chapter 5, 19 and 20. Okay, and 21. So here Paul is, is speaking to Titus. And then he says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of, renewing of the Holy Spirit. So we see here the, God, the, 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 the goodness and the kindness of God causes you to really take a second look at yourself. And that's why we need to make sure that we do not just brush off Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We need to embrace it. It needs to be embedded in our spirit, man. It needs to be a part of us. It needs to be a part of us because we need to make sure that we don't get over familiar with this verse, these verses and then just move on to the next. No, we got to make sure that we learn these and keep them in our heart. Amen. We got to hide the word in our heart that we may not sin against God. Amen. So, also, what I want to show you one more scripture before I move on to goodness. Um, Ephesians chapter 2. Look what it says. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. That says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What is the scripture saying? He showed his kindness by sending Jesus to die on the cross so that we may have eternal life. Jesus died so that we may have life and life more abundantly. Jesus died so that we don't have headaches. Jesus died so that we don't have heartaches. Jesus died so that we don't have aches in our foot and our hands he, he in, in other words he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was on him Pilate says I find no fault in him but I was will chastise him and let him go and they said no crucify him anyway I'm just sharing with you how we receive the kindness of God through Jesus Christ amen and so that's, uh, that's um, I mean, and that's, that's what we were talking about, of kindness. And now we're going to move on to goodness. Goodness. And what does it mean? Goodness means much more than simply being a good person. Rather, it means actively seeking to do good to other people. We see this in how our Heavenly Father treats us. And again, that's what I'm saying. Our Heavenly Father treats us good. He gives out new mercy every day. He don't punish us for the way that we deserve to be punished. He is long-suffering. He prefers to tolerate you 
and give you time to get yourself together. And that's his goodness. Amen. Psalm 23 and 6. This is powerful, but you got to go there. Psalm 23 and 6. Look what it says. Psalm 23 and 6. Very powerful scripture. I know it by... I, I have to learn that. That's a, a very, very... We say it, but we don't understand it, sure. what it's really saying to us. Look what it says here. Psalm 23 and 6, it says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What is this? This is telling me that the goodness of God and the mercy, surely goodness and mercy, when you have the goodness of God and the mercy of God upon you, guess what? You will live in His presence. I'm telling you. And so... The, the goodness of God is supposed to run chase you down. And that's what it says here. I'm going to read it again. It says, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So God's goodness will follow you. It's going to follow you all the days of your life. But you have to put yourself in that place. you got to position yourself. you got to... Make up in your mind that you're going to allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. You have to have the mind of Christ. You've got to walk in obedience. Amen. These things are not going to just happen to you by happenstance. No. It's not going to just fall out of the sky. You've got to study to show yourself approved. You've got to walk in obedience. The Bible says in, in, um, in um, what is it? Isaiah 1 and 18 and 19, it says, um, I need to read that just dropped in my spirit. I just got to read it. Isaiah chapter 1. I know it by heart, but I'd rather read it. Look what it says. It says, If you are willing and obedient, verse 19 says, He says, God is telling, Come let us reason together, says the Lord, verse 18. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In other words, you are saved, but God is married to the backslider. And though you are backslidden right now, and though you're not living for God, God is saying, come, let us reason together. He says, he says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord is spoken. So what God is saying to you, look. You're, you, you left me. I have not left you. You left me. But come on, let's reason together. Come on. My goodness is right here waiting for you. I have not abandoned you. You cut me loose. And God is saying, no. I'm giving you an opportunity to come on back. Be like the prodigal son. The Bible says when he came to himself, he came and he said, I've sinned against God and against you, Father. And we got to come to a place where we begin to understand that God loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for your sin. The Holy Spirit wants to continue to teach you. But you are the ones that have wandered off. So just wanted to share that with you. So then the Lord is abundantly, overwhelmingly good. He constantly does good to us. And his goodness and mercy actively pursues us. In other words, we, can, we, we can't escape the goodness of God. He loves us so much. It is like he can't help doing good to us and that's because he's love god is good i mean i, I somebody said god is good and i said no god is better than good he is better than good 
And so we got to come to that place where we begin to remember who God is. There is nothing and no one in the universe, outside of the universe, that compare to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Nothing and no one. He is good. God is good. God is love. God is magnificent. God is great. God is wonderful. God is everything. He's great. He's just wonderful. He's just waiting to bless you. But you need to put yourself in position to be blessed. Amen? Glory be to God. So then, in the same way, we should always seek to do good to others. In other words, we got to put on Christ. we got to mimic God. we got to be confirmed to the image of Jesus Christ. If He's always doing good for others, then we need to always do good for others. Amen? We should seek to bless others, care for them, and bring good things into their lives. We should be generous with our possessions and give freely to others. Just as, the, as God pours out good things to our lives every day, we should do the same thing. We should always seek to do good to each and every person that we can. Now, I'm not saying to be trampled. Let nobody trample over you. I'm not saying that you're going to let somebody say um, jihad towards America and you do good to them. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what the Bible says. Because they're going to get their part in the lake of fire if they keep it up. So, we should all ask the Holy Spirit to help us to pour out good things into the lives of others. People of God, I'm telling you, I, um, I, I just hope that you're hearing something today that's going to help you. The Bible said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that's in the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit produces goodness in us, we give to others. We experience blessing. The more you give to others, the more God will pour into you. The more you use what he gives you, the more he's going to give to you. The man that with the five talents, he went on and earned five more talents. And, and God says, well done, come into the joy of the Lord. So we need to make sure that we realize that we're not just talking about words here. We're talking about the, the righteousness of God and the the things that God wants us to be. He wants us to become more like Jesus Christ. Amen. Goodness is a word that in Greek it means, it says, agathosne, which is spelled A-G-A-T-H-S-U-N-E, agathosne, means uprightness of heart and life, goodness and kindness. Goodness is seen in our actions. This word relates to not only being good, but also doing good. See, because we can say anything, but it's how we act. Amen? As I close this message this evening, the contemporary English translation, which I don't really like to read it, but I'll read it, it highlights this meaning. We pray for God's power to help you do all the good things you hope to do and your faith make you want to do. But let me look at it in the New King James and see what it says. You know, when I'm preparing message, I look at all so many different translations. I do. First Thessalonians, I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians, chapter 1. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11. Look what it says. It says, 
Therefore, we also pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy on this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power. So we see here that this is Paul writing to the Thessalonians, telling them that he wants God. Let me read that again. It says, Therefore we also pray for you that our God would count you worthy, worthy of this calling and fulfill all the goodness, the good pleasure of his goodness, not your goodness, and the work of faith with power. That's a power pack statement right there. And so Paul is saying this to the Thessalonians. And so I'm saying to you, we need to make sure that we embrace the word of God, hide it in our heart, let it be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Amen? Let it strengthen you because it is powerful and it is sharp. Amen? So, the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit works in Christian lives, they are upright in heart and they do good things. They do good things. So as you allow the Holy Spirit to function and, and, and raise up inside of you, and remember, the man that you feed the most is the man that's going to rule. What am I saying? If you feed the flesh, that's the spirit that's going to rise up in you. If you feed the spirit of God, that's the word, that's the, that's the man that's going to, in other words, the, you got the old man and the new man. The new man is the spirit of God. The old man is what you were before you were regenerated, before you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So now, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Because if you don't, I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you. You're welcome to call me at 323-293-7566. This is Pastor Cabo call, um, speaking to you today. And I want to say thank you for listening. And I pray that God will richly bless you. I pray that his word will dwell in your heart richly. And don't forget, hide his word in your heart that you may not sin against him. I'm going to say good night for now. God bless you. Amen.